welcome to Revolutionary Women. My name is Tess Silverman. Women around the world are constantly creating ways to make a difference in their communities, and today's guest is no exception. Joanna Hogan is an award-winning writer, speaker, consultant, and solutions advocate who has worked in communications-related positions in the travel and tourism industry her entire career. She is also founder of Rooted, a solutions platform at the intersection of sustainable tourism, social impact, and storytelling. Through Rooted, Joanna helps tourism professionals decolonize travel experiences and support sustainability using ethical marketing and strategic storytelling. An international election observer, intrepid traveler, and American expat, Joanna currently resides in Carthage, Tunisia. Hi, Joanna. Welcome to Revolutionary Woman. How are you this afternoon? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for inviting me to this conversation today, Tess. I'm really looking forward to it. Same here. Thank you for stopping by. Okay, so let's get started. So you grew up in Wisconsin. Um, what was it like for you growing up in Wisconsin? Um, besides being exceptionally cold, um, <laughs> because I am not a cold kind of weather person, uh-huh. um, I I grew up in the country, and um, my parents were very much um, open to me exploring and being, um, you know, encouraging me to be the person that I was and exploring the things that. Um, interested me in that I found interesting in the world. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I I never grew up in this family where there was this very structured route or expectations about what I did. Mm -hmm. And so I really did have a lot of, um, you know, time and space to kind of figure out what I wanted to do. And um, my dad really has always enjoyed traveling. I used to travel with him on his business trips. Oh, cool. Actually, um, when I was really small, um, mm-hmm. you know, way back when it was when you could just, I guess, basically hop on a plane if mm-hmm. you were under the age of three and ride along with your with your family. And then um, my mom has always been a uh, an avid reader. And so a, a deep, deep love of reading and writing was always a big part of um, growing up in my family as well. Wow. So I suppose it's. Um, no surprise that both traveling and writing and um, exploring the world around me all came together to help define my career. That's amazing because, I mean, yeah, you, you, when you combine their loves of reading and writing and travel, that's where you got your inspiration from, I would think, you know, from uh, to where you are now. Uh, I mean, and that's so cool. So um, how was it for you knowing that your your family was so um i guess like multidimensional you know they they loved all these things and they wanted you to also find what you loved was that one of the lessons you learned from them um well i i think not having any sort of restrictions or, or boxes around what I needed to do and what I needed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I, I don't think I ever really thought to myself, Oh, you need to be an engineer like your dad or mm-hmm. anything like that. I just, that option was always there. Right. Um, but I just had a great amount of support in whatever interested me. And, and so I think, you know, just, just having that openness and support and willingness to kind of try anything and be willing to learn and, and, and fail, Mm -hmm. um, that, that was okay. Um, because there were things that as a child I tried and I wasn't into. And so I didn't continue them. Right. Um, there were things that I found that I liked that were surprising that neither of my parents were into and Mm -hmm. they encouraged me to pursue those. So, um, yeah, I mean, what what my parents were into was was, I think, just giving both my sister and I space to to figure out who we were. That's awesome. I really I really like that. So okay, so you went to college in Washington, then went into the Peace Corps. Why did you join yeah. the Peace Corps? Um. So again, I've always loved traveling, but unfortunately, the the real answer for this is that um, I graduated from university at a time when there were not a lot of jobs available. Mm. And so as I was 
getting out of college and I had a degree in public relations. I had studied a foreign language. I had a a business minor. Mm -hmm. You know, I thought you graduate, you get a job, you, you know, then you begin that trajectory of your life. Right. Mm -hmm. So I started applying for jobs and I kept applying for jobs and more jobs Mm -hmm. and more jobs and more jobs. And I didn't even get a single interview. Hundreds of applications. Oh my gosh. Um, And so finally, uh, my boyfriend at the time, um, now my husband graduated one semester after me, and we were both looking at this market of no jobs. Mm -hmm. And so we actually, um, we chose to essentially elope during finals week so we could apply to the Peace Corps, um, because that at least was something that we could do. Right. And so we... We joined the Peace Corps together six months after we um, uh, after we got married, which was a whole year after I had graduated from university. So oh, that's wow. actually why I ended up in the Peace Corps. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband was always interested in it. Um, and so, I mean, it, it was great. It obviously was a, a wonderful turning point in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's how I ended up in rural Kenya doing health and wellness oh, <laughs> kind wow. of things. Huh. That's um, amazing. Yeah, so so that's how I, I ended up in, in that space after university. And and how long were you there? How long were you in the Peace Corps? Um so it's normally a two year service. Oh, okay. Um we were only there yeah, we were only there about a year because my husband did get sick um mm. while we were there and so we were medically separated from our service. But oh, wow. um so only one year, okay. um, but it certainly was a year that has has deeply impacted um, both my career, my mm. way of thinking about the world, you mm-hmm. know, so on and so forth. Yeah. Okay. So from the Peace Corps, then you started, then you moved to Las Vegas, then Ukraine, then Tunisia. Um, what uh-huh. led you? What led you to? I mean, when you traveled to Ukraine and Tunisia, were those travels? Were how? Were they different from being in the Peace Corps, and how is that? Um, how is it living in those countries for you? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, for nearly ten years after returning home, more than ten years, um, returning back to the United States after the Peace Corps, um, my husband was um, and still is a teacher. Mm. He's a uh, high school teacher, and we owned a house in Las Vegas. It's mm. where we really, I, we kind of like to say it's where we became adults. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. And uh, we we had a great time there. It's really where I launched uh, my travel writing career at the time. It was a fantastic place to become a travel writer mm. um, and really start to think about, you know, what did I want to do with my life and career? But, um, you know, we started to get itchy feet after about 10 years of living Uh in the same place. Uh We knew we wanted to go back abroad, having lived abroad before. Mm -hmm. Um, And so um, my husband jumped into the international school pool, if you will, and started looking for opportunities to teach abroad. Um, And so he worked for um, international schools in the places where we live. We lived in Kiev, Ukraine for five years. We've uh-huh. now been living in um, Tunisia for almost two years. Um, and so now when we uh, travel or live, I, I mean, we, we are ex- we are expats. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. we have a home and we get to know our neighbors mm-hmm. and um you know, you do all the things that you do anywhere that you live, but we just happen to live abroad. And so that kind of living actually is, um, to me, really the deepest kind of slow travel you can have Mm. because we're so ingrained in our communities. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, we really get to know our neighbors. We go through a lot of the same challenges that the people who live around us go through. Um, you know, for example, right now in Tunisia, we are struggling with a food shortage. We are having to go through water rationing. So, you know, these are the kind of things that 
travelers who just come for the week maybe don't feel aren't right. even aware of right right um, but huh. but we're very aware of these kind of things and it's made me very aware both my husband and I very aware of you know global issues mm-hmm. that we never would have considered right had we still been living in the United States yeah that's uh, that's really interesting because you know um I do have a family member who um, who were expats, and I never would have known how they how they lived in that. And they were stationed in Thailand, and um, my uncle was actually it worked for the U.S. government, but you know they kept being um, uh, they kept traveling every couple of years to different places, different countries, and. We got the opportunity to actually um, visit them in Thailand and to see, you know, how people were living and how the locals, the, the local economy was. And, and it was really fascinating because I never would have known anything about how they lived, you know, coming, you know, being in the States, like you said. So for me, it was a learning experience and, and it was really, for me, impactful and for my daughter, who was mm-hmm. who happened back then was only five years old, so yeah. it was really wonderful. Um, and also, like, really, you know, um, it really changed the way I thought about traveling as well. So, mm-hmm. thank you for that. Okay, so you are the founder of Rooted. Um, what is Rooted about, and what prompted you mm-hmm. to create it? Yeah, so um, I have owned my own business of sorts um, since 2009, actually. And I established the brand Rooted in 2019. Hmm. And Mm -hmm. Rooted, um, so coincidentally, this all happened pre-pandemic. It feels kind of strange that it happened then, but it was also um, kind of the perfect time, if you will, to Mm -hmm. really get things underway. And uh, Rooted is what I like to call a solutions platform. And um, I really see this trifecta of sustainability and social impact and storytelling in the tourism space. And so Rooted is a solutions platform in this trifecta. And my mission through Rooted is to responsibly document, support, celebrate, and share sustainable travel-related initiatives that prioritize local communities and the planet. And then I also help other people do the same thing. Mm. And so what that really means is that um, I am really working with clients and and out talking with people working in the tourism industry Mm -hmm. about um, specifically ethical marketing practices and strategic storytelling um, uh, practices as well. Mm -hmm. And how can we use storytelling and use better marketing practices to support the local communities that we travel in Mm -hmm. to to support sustainable um, and more responsible ways of traveling, Mm. to diversify and amplify different kinds of storytellers, and to really think more mindfully about centering the people and places that make travel so special versus centering travelers themselves, who have often been the dominant part of our narrative in tourism. and. Rooted and its purpose really came about because of what I did before Rooted, and that was working in tourism and a variety of writing and editing and communications kinds of positions. Mm -hmm. Um, And like I mentioned, in Las Vegas, I was a travel writer, and I wrote extensively about Las Vegas, but I also traveled all over the world. I also worked for um, uh, some a variety of companies in the tourism space. I worked on the industry side Mm -hmm. and in all of these positions, I could often see that there were gaps between Mm -hmm. what service providers or tour operators or destinations thought Mm -hmm. they were offering Mm -hmm. or wanted to offer and 
the actual message they were putting out in the world and um, how travelers were interpreting that message and therefore uh, shaping the expectations they had before they traveled, um, having a thought in their mind about what they could expect to experience mm -hmm. or see or, um, you know, all these kinds of things. And so we were on the one hand in tourism saying, um, you know, we, we want to create amazing tourism products or whatever. And then we were putting these out in the world, not always in the most, in, uh, in the most appropriate way. And so then we were creating travelers that were extracting and exploiting people mm. and places when they traveled, which of course, this is not only not sustainable, but it's not responsible. It's right. not yeah. healthy. Um, and so I founded Rooted to help bridge this gap. And a big part of bridging that gap is really bringing content creators and travel writers and influencers into the fold so that they are more part of the tourism industry, which they are, but mm -hmm. we've tended to not think of them really as part of the industry. Right. And so yeah. um, I kind of work with the uh, service provider side by thinking, okay, how can we be more honest and transparent and thoughtful about the stories we put out in the world? Mm -hmm. How can we help you tell that story to the content creators who are that bridge? Mm -hmm. Now, co content creators, what can you do with your stories in order to be sharing something that is both engaging, but also helps establish the right expectations and shows care for the places that you love and that are your livelihood mm -hmm. and therefore creating an ecosystem for travelers that, you know, really does encourage this more intentional, meaningful um, experience when they travel abroad and at, at the center of all that is the people and the places that mm. we that we say we love and that we want to care for through through the act of travel. Right. No, um, that's really uh, it's really impactful, and it really makes sense because you know as someone who likes to travel, um, you know I, I'm guilty of of just been going to places and then not really thinking about the impact that I could be making. Um, so, you know, do you think that there's, what type of conversations should we be having when thinking of visiting another country? I mean, there's a lot of conversation regarding sustainability, but in your opinion, do consumers really need to pay attention to, what, what should we pay attention to with regards to sustainable tourism? So I think two, there are two really powerful questions that we could be asking when we think about traveling anywhere. Mm -hmm. And that might be abroad, but it might be, you know, to a, somewhere that's in your own state or in your own country as well. Mm -hmm. And the first, the first thing I think is that, you know, we've so often asked the question of where, mm. where are we going to go? Where are we going to spend the night? Where are we going to spend the day? Mm -hmm. And I think um, maybe a better question would be why, mm. why do we want to travel to a certain place? Mm -hmm. Why are we feeling so compelled to to go here? Mm -hmm. What is it about this particular place that that is drawing us? And I think moving from what to um, why mm -hmm. gets us off of the kind of bucket list mindset, right? Mm -hmm. It's not, but not yeah. just where we're going to go, but why we want to go there and get us thinking more deeply about what it is about this particular place that is appealing. Mm -hmm. The other thing is that we then ask the question, what am I going to do? Mm -hmm. um, essentially, what are the activities that are going to fill my day? And right. I think probably the more powerful question we could replace that with is how. Mm. How are we going to have those experiences? Mm -hmm. So, you know, for example, we might say, what do we want to do? Oh, well, we want to eat the local food. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. 
maybe the better question is how do we want to do that? Do we maybe want to sign up for a cooking class? Do we maybe want to look into a food tour that is led by um, somebody who's, you know, not the dominant culture in a place. Mm -hmm. Um, So Mm -hmm. this is starting to think more deeply again, not just about the checklist of things we want to do while we're there, but thinking more about how we're going to have those experiences. Yeah. So, so I, I think, yeah. And I think, you know, if we move from, where to why Mm -hmm. and what to how right there we're already thinking more deeply about the way we're going to have those experiences when we travel Mm -hmm. and when we move into that mindset then we are thinking more deeply about how am i going to show care for the place that i'm visiting Mm -hmm. um you know who am i going to be interacting with um of course there are actions that we should all be taking in regard to, you know, reducing our single use plastics Mm -hmm. and, you know, staying at local accommodations. And these are all part of that. But this again goes back to how are we going to have that experience? Not Mm -hmm. just, you know, where are we going to stay, but why are we going to choose this particular accommodation? And Mm -hmm. that's right. They are going to move us in the right direction. Thank you for that. Okay, so I recently read a post of yours on your site titled, What Defines a High-Value Traveler and Would a Shift in Perspective Make a Difference? Um, And in that Uh post, you mentioned that you were in an event going through your notes from a moderator when you noticed that one of the questions was, what can we do better to attract, um, what can we do to better attract the high-values traveler committed to sustainable tourism and respecting the local communities and cultures? Um, and I thought it, it was interesting that you mentioned that adding an S to the word value changes the perspective of that term, high value traveler. Uh, uh-huh. So what kind of, I mean, how should we shift from being a high value traveler to a high values traveler? Yeah, I, I'm really glad that you brought that up because it definitely is something that's been on my mind since I, I came across this question. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I just want to make it really clear that I think, um, well, first of all, what I what I was referring to, to with high value, this is um, kind of the emphasis that the tourism industry have has now. And the idea is, and I, I found this defined across um the internet in regard to the tourism context Mm -hmm. that a high value without an S traveler Mm -hmm. is somebody who is spending a lot of money locally, who is staying longer, who is Mm -hmm. traveling slower. Mm -hmm. And, you know, certainly there is um, no pun intended. There is value in this kind of traveler. This is definitely a departure from the kind of traveler that we used to attract. And that was essentially anybody who could travel. Right. So, you know, the high value traveler is important. And, but for me, when I started thinking about a high values traveler Mm -hmm. with an S at the end, Mm -hmm. to me, what that says is somebody with values, meaning a sense of curiosity and an interest in learning and Mm. kind of this sense of awe and a willingness to kind of grapple with um, uncertainty and complexity and somebody who's kind of willing to go there into the unknown, if you will, Mm -hmm. um, and Mm has, has, a a deep respect for people, for nature, for culture. And for me, Mm -hmm. a high values traveler is very valuable because Mm -hmm. that's a person who's going to ask those deeper questions, who's going to seek out maybe different storytellers or different ways to experience a place. And I do think that there is, um, you know, the two are not, necessarily different people Mm -hmm. you can have a high value traveler who is also a high values traveler right but um i do think we uh, 
we can have high values travelers who aren't necessarily spending a lot of money, who aren't necessarily able to spend an extensive amount of time in a place. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, we, we need to be, um, we don't want to move travel in this elitist direction where we're saying we only want to invite people who can spend a lot of money and three weeks because that excludes Mm. So many people who might have a lot to offer to a place Mm -hmm. who, you know, can have a very transformational journey, who Mm -hmm. might bring that story back to the people in their own lives. Right. So, yeah, I, um, I think, you know, we, we don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater, if you will, just Mm -hmm. to say, ah, we don't want to do the old traveler. We want this traveler this high value traveler without really thinking about, you know, there's a nuance in all this. Right. And, um, and I, we, I think that we can, we can't all be the high value traveler because we maybe don't all have the money or extensive, um, vacation time. But Mm -hmm. I do think Mm -hmm. that we all have the capacity to be high values travelers. Right. Um, and you know, a lot of that has to do with really, again, setting your mindset up so that you're not centering yourself so that you are thinking deeply about the, excuse me, about the way you experience a destination, Mm -hmm. about the way you interact with people. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, so I, and a lot of that I think has to do with the choices that you make when you're in a place. hiring local tour guides, staying at local accommodations, participating in active learning experiences, Mm -hmm. taking time to reflect, journal about your experience. Mm. Um, Yeah, yeah, so yeah, I think we can all be high values travelers. um, But we haven't really thought about that too much in the industry. And I think we need to. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting that you say that because, you know, for for someone who, um, it, it's I, I remember that I recently went to um, one of the other states and um, to North Carolina, and um, I've through a friend, she decided you know what I think you should come with me into this place and it was really amazing. It was run by this woman who decided that she wanted to create a place where everyone could have a meal, whether this person was displaced or it didn't matter. You know, it it was, um, and it was really amazing to see that this place was, uh, existed because it was a pay-as-you-will place, uh, pay-as-you-will restaurant. And it was so amazing. It was so wonderful to meet these people who who were there volunteering their time and making a difference in the community. And I love going to places like that because I know that it's not all about just like, you know, you're a customer and what. It's really making an impact in the community. And I think that's probably what's missing is that the, uh, the attention being paid or the focus is not on community. For me, at least, it's not being focused on people. It's really like, you know, what else can I what else can I spend my money on? And uh-huh. for me, it really is. I, I love like creating relationships um, wherever I go because that's how I can find out, you know, how I can maybe be, you know, maybe figure out a way of being of service to someone else, you know. Uh-huh. And yeah. and I think that's what that's what is missing um, for some travelers. You know, because, yeah, I mean, you go on vacation and you basically want to go there and relax. But you, but like you said, you know, you, there has to be some sort of mindfulness about it because mm-hmm. you're going there and then, you know, you leave and then what have you, you know, ha, what impact have you made, if any? Mm-hmm. So I, I love yeah. what you said. Um, and it really, it yeah. really, like, you know, it really stuck to me because I was like, wow, it, it's, it really is a way of, different way of thinking, 
you know, and, and mm-hmm. I like that. So because it really it's yeah. more about impact as opposed to like, okay, what else am I going to get out of this? You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and I do think that, the, that you've actually, you've absolutely hit it on the head is that that is missing from the kind of the overarching tourism narrative, because what we've done so long as we've said, you go to this place and you see these things and you visit these museums and mm-hmm. you go home and that's right. the end of your experience. Right. And right. There are incredible change makers and initiatives and social impact mm-hmm. organizations all over the world that mm-hmm. are doing amazing work at the community level right. to address um, global issues yeah. and yeah. these challenges and, and things that we're all facing. Right. And what I what I have found is, you know, with your experience about going to this pay as you can restaurant. I mean, you just told me about that experience. Mm-hmm. You didn't tell me about the museum you went to mm. or the, you know, the plaque that you read at the thing that you were supposed to see. Mm-hmm. You, you saw and experienced something that not only you probably donated money to, to eat at, but also maybe got you thinking about, oh, is there an organization like that in my community Mm -hmm. that I should know about? Mm -hmm. Or is there a way that I can um, continue to make a donation to them once a year or something like that? Plus, you probably learned something about maybe homelessness Mm or, um, you know, housing shortages or economic challenges in this place that you never would have known about because that's not part of the normal tourism narrative, but that's the reality we live in. Yeah. So, um, and there are organizations like this all over the world, incredible people doing this work. And Mm -hmm. I am, um, you know, constantly challenging destinations and tour operators to include these kinds of stories and experiences right? Yeah. Uh, and make them available. So, or, or at least make travelers aware of them right? so that they can, yeah. you know, learn more and, and have more of a positive impact and probably tell a more interesting story right. when they get home. Right. No. And that's so, that's so true. And that still is, that's still so much a part of of you know how I'm thinking now in terms of when I travel next, you know, and it's it really made an impact because I here I was like you said, oh, okay, so we'll just go for lunch somewhere, and then have has have my girlfriend not taken me there, I don't know if I would have really searched, you know, searched for it, but the fact that she uh-huh. did and she says, look, I think. You know, I think you should talk to this woman, and she's really all about giving back to the community, and not even just her story, but the stories of these people who were there, like daily, and who were also a part of. You know, they were not excluded; they were part of it, and I loved that mission of hers. You know, because it's, mm-hmm. you know, who, who would know that not sitting next to you is someone who is displaced, right? No one would ever know, mm-hmm. and. I love that idea because, you know what, it could take one paycheck and then you'd be out of a job or you'd be out of Uh a home. And, you know, it's really, for me, it made me so much more connected to um, to being, you know, a a human being next to someone who is who is like also going through the same thing. You know, we may not live in the same place, but, you know, we all go through the same things and. I, yeah, that really that really stuck with me. Um, yeah, yeah. So I, I I love I love your mission, and I think that you know what these conversa- these conversations I think have been long overdue. <laughs> you know, it's like, and, mm-hmm. oh, and yeah, yeah, and and I'm glad that it's it's that it's there, it's out in the open, and you know that hopefully more people are paying attention to it. So mm-hmm. me too. I I do think. Um, you know, again, you really hit it right on the head when you said that you're able to connect with these people. And one of the things I actually have found 
in a way kind of ironic about the way people have traveled in the past mm -hmm. is that, you know, they say that they want to go to this place and they, they love the culture, mm -hmm. but they mm -hmm. never actually engage with people or the culture. Right. Um, yeah. And it's amazing to me how many people travel and still stay in their little bubble. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And but the the truth is that we are all so much more alike than we are different. And if we would just sit down and have a conversation with people, we'd realize, you know, if we have a lot of the same basic things in common. We want to feel loved. We want to yep. feel a sense of belonging. We want right. to feel a sense of safety and mm -hmm. security. And when we can recognize these shared values, we are in a much more power, uh, empowered position to address mm -hmm. these big, scary global issues that we're all facing, yeah. every single one of us. Right. Um, and I think that's where travel can be such a powerful tool to support humanity in, mm -hmm. in charting a path to a healthier um, and more regenerative future. Right. And and also, I mean, you mentioned these global issues. These global issues wouldn't be so big if we just tackle them, you know, um, if, the, if we tackle them one at a time and not make it feel like it's, it's, it's never going to, it's never going to be um, solved. You know, it can't be solved. Um, but it, it really needs the attention and and the the mind the mindset you know of saying well okay you know well you know it's not going to be on my time you know <laughs> other people can do that it's like well no it starts with you it starts with yeah. the person you know with with you and your community and if you don't do anything then how is anyone going to be you know how, how is that supposed to solve anything down the line right mm -hmm. so yeah and it, exactly it's at the community level and so we need to be listening to the people in the communities we need to be empowering those initiatives at the community level and and tourism has the opportunity to support those people support mm. those change makers and those initiatives right. instead of coming in and kind of placing its own agenda on top of a place it really, um, you know, we need to do a much better job in tourism mm -hmm. so that we're supporting the communities first and their responses and their initiatives and people um, addressing, yeah. you know, the way that well-being and health and safety looks in mm -hmm. their own places. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, when, when we're able to empower and support all of the pay-as-you-can restaurants of the world, mm. then, then that's where the change is going to be. Because I do think it, you know, we've got these really big organizations mm -hmm. at the top, and we right. definitely need systemic changes. Right. But certainly, you know, it's going to take all the people at the bottom making yeah. a lot of major ripples yes. to right. force that change. Right. Wow. Um, I love this. Okay, and so. As the founder of Rooted, what inspires you to keep going? Well, I think we've been talking about it this whole time. I mean, yeah. the yeah, I mean, the truth is that I, you know, there are days and there is news, and I get overwhelmed just like mm. everybody else. Mm -hmm. um, and some days I'm tempted to think, why, why, why are we seeing this again? Why are you know how? Are we making that decision or, you know, who put this person in charge? Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. I, I really, truly am optimistic. I have to believe, mm -hmm. um, I have to believe that, that there can be change. And I, and I can see that when I, when I look at some of the amazing, you know, small grassroots organizations that are out there. When I have conversations with people who know that we need to turn things upside down and rethink the way that we've done things before. Mm -hmm. um, so I, you know, why do I do this? You know, what gets me out of bed in the morning mm -hmm. is, is knowing that it is going to take poking the bear over <laughs> and over again and yeah. continuing to say these things because there are so many amazing people out there, incredible initiatives out there. Mm -hmm. And if I can be 
just a little bit a part of the microphone and the, the amplify mm-hmm. uh, amplifier of of getting the word out and and encouraging people to rethink the way that we've done things in the past. Then then it's then it's worth me getting up in the morning and doing the work that I do. I love that. Okay. So, Joanna, who would you credit for where you are now? Um, I, who would I credit for where I am now? You know, I never had, um, like a mentor. Mm -hmm. Um, I never really had anybody in my life that I felt was really the, the person who set me, um, on the path that I am today. Like I mentioned, my parents were Mm -hmm. very open to whatever it was that I was interested in doing. Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't know that there's any one person I would credit. Certainly there are people who um, work in both the tourism space and beyond it, people mm-hmm. who I've had conversations with, mm-hmm. people who I am inspired by. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, when they say it takes a, a community to raise uh, a person, I, I think that's true for me, too. It, it wasn't a single person or a single incident that brought me up. It's the the culmination of all these people and all these experiences that mm-hmm. have made me who I am, that mm-hmm. have helped you know, have helped me chart my path in this world. Mm-hmm. And so um, I appreciate all the colleagues I have who I have virtual tea with every week. I mm. appreciate the people who um, are deep thinkers and who encourage me to question the things I think I know. And mm-hmm. that's, again, in, in tourism and beyond, because I, I think that there's always more to be learned. And I feel like I'm learning every single day. Okay. Okay. Thank you. So going forward, is there something you haven't yet done that you would like to do? Oh, yeah. There's so many things. <laughs> yeah. Um, mm. Yeah. I mean, I, I, the truth is that I could use several more, several more versions of myself and several more hours in a week to do mm. all of the things that I want to do, to mm-hmm. create all the things I want to create. Um, I... I would really like to write a book or two. And that's something though, that I've wanted to do my whole life. And Mm. I just, um, I think I'm my own worst enemy when it comes to actually doing it and making it happen. Mm -hmm. Um, But I mean, the truth is that I, the world is changing so very, very fast. And even though I have this beautiful spreadsheet that Mm. I like to look at and be inspired by, I also recognize that, um, you know, a lot of those things might never come to fruition. A lot mm-hmm. of those things are going to become irrelevant. Mm-hmm. And um, I really am trying to do a better job of being present, mm-hmm. um, really appreciating this moment that I'm in. And certainly I'm a daydreamer and I do a lot of journaling and thinking about the future. But mm-hmm. I I want to be here right now because you know especially with the last few years if we've learned anything you know we can't we can't bank today for tomorrow and so um yeah yeah. so there are some things i want to do but but the truth is what i most want to do is be here right Mm. now and 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 be appreciating that this moment that i have okay and what are your goals for rooted and the community you're involved in Um, I do want to continue to, um, you know, work with a variety of folks across the tourism industry to rethink the way that we're delivering the travel experience, Mm -hmm. to think about the stories that we're sharing with the world. Um, And again, if I'm able to encourage somebody somewhere in this space to um, think more mindfully about... um, how we talk about travel, how we present travel, how we create experiences, how we have experiences, mm-hmm. um, then then I think that I have achieved my goal. Um, and you know that can look like a lot of different things, but I I just I think there's a lot that we can do to continue rethinking travel mm-hmm. and the tourism industry. And um, I just hope to be a part of those conversations and continuing to disrupt the way that we've always done everything. I love that. I love the word disrupt because it really 
has to it, it change is huge and and you know in order to make the change you have to disrupt something so that's mm-hmm. that's i love that yeah. okay yeah. so um if anyone wanted to know more about you and rooted how would they go about it um well i have a website um people are more than welcome to stop by and learn more about rooted at rootedstorytelling.com um, there is a newsletter, which I faithfully put out every two weeks, which mm. includes not just um, the latest articles that I've published, but also I find solutions around the world that I think others might be interested in learning about. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, I provide, I create resources and things like that. And that's all part of the newsletter. Um, I'm also active on Instagram, probably not as active as I should be, but you can follow Rooted Storytelling on Instagram as well. Okay. And then I um, am always interested in continuing these conversations with people who are working in this space. And so people are welcome to find me and connect on LinkedIn as well. Great. So is there anything you would like to say to my listeners? Um, I would just... I, I think it's really important to inc- to remind people that um, we can often feel as individuals like we are very small, like what we do doesn't matter. And I know we've been getting this message for many years that, mm-hmm. oh, you need to stop drinking out of the plastic straw mm-hmm. and then, mm-hmm. you know, all these things. And I to that, I say, yes, we need big systemic changes and your decisions and the things that you do every day matter. Mm-hmm. Um, you are part of the solution. We are facing a lot of challenges and we're facing them together. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you're not alone. And it's going to take all of us to turn our individual actions and our little ripples of, of impact into waves. But mm-hmm. We know that that can happen. We've seen that, um, you know, there's there's this person you maybe heard of named Greta Thunberg, mm-hmm. and turns mm-hmm. out she was just a one individual person. And yep. just look at what Greta has done now. Yeah. Um, yeah. And she's not the only one. And so right. what I would say is you are part of the solution. Don't forget that. You matter. Your words matter. Your actions matter. And, and the way you move in this world makes a difference. And so, you know, make that movement and make your space one that is going to leave a, a positive impact on this world. Thank you. So if you had one thing to change that you wish you had done years ago, what would it be? Um, I, honestly, I mean, it's, it's maybe kind of a silly answer, but um, the I, I try not to have regrets, but truly the only thing that I wish I'd done mm-hmm. differently uh-huh. way, way back um, is study abroad in college. Oh. I thought about going uh-huh. and then I didn't want to have to spend another semester in school. And mm. so I didn't. Um, but you know what? Again, what was the rush in getting out? And anyway, mm. I would have. I would have probably studied abroad and I probably would have started studying a foreign language at an earlier age, but that was not really an option, unfortunately, where I live, but I certainly had some control over studying abroad and I should have done that. Okay. And my last question is if you could go back in time, what advice would you give your younger self? Um, You know, so some people have said to me over the years, don't you wish that you'd done this sooner? You know, again, do you have any regrets about what you've done? Mm -hmm. And I often think about this because I see these lists of like 30 under 30 and Mm. you're supposed to have it all figured out by then. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, (laughs) I definitely did not have it all figured out in my thirties. Yep. Um, (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Right. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, where's the 50 over 50 list? That's the list I'm waiting for. There you go. Um, Or the, or the be awesome at any age list. But yep. in any case, yeah. um, I guess the advice I would tell myself is there's no rush and that everything I'm doing, again, every person I'm meeting, every interaction I'm having, every experience I'm having is just one step um, that is charting the path of who I am today and where I am now and where I'm meant to be. So. Right. I am exactly where I'm supposed to be right now. Right. There was no rush getting here. I needed to do it all to Mm. be who I am today. And that's okay. I love that. 
And I, I'm sorry if I laughed before because, yep, you know, I, I, for sure, in my 20s, 30s, oh, please. <laughs> it was like, I was still like trying to figure out what exactly who I want to be. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Absolutely. And you know what? It, it got you to where you are now, like you said, and all those experiences mm-hmm. and all of the travels, you know, really, I think, made it more meaningful to you, meaningful mm-hmm. for you, because then you had these conversations, you couldn't have had those conversations that you're having now with different um, people when you're 30s or, or even, my goodness, in the 20s, you know, so I, yeah. I think it really has to do with, you know, like, like maturing as well as, you know, um, and having the life experiences. So I appreciate yeah. that. So, oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Joanna, thank you so much for coming on the show and for sharing your um, your stories and your points of view with me. It really, like, I, I really love, you know, your mission. And I hope that people who listen to this really, like, think and, and really, you know, think of how they want to live a place when they go there, you know, and mm-hmm. because it makes such a, di- a big difference. And for someone who, you know, I, I, I never would have known anything about, you know, what I experienced had I not been brought to it. And I, you know, from then on, I've just been like, oh, what else can I find out? You know, it's like, is there anything I can do? Um, and mm-hmm. that, that really makes a difference. So I thank you for what you're doing. And um, please continue to do what you're doing. And, and if you do write a book, Please let me know. I would I would love to talk about that. Uh, I I definitely see a book in this because you know I mean you've had so much so much experience in this, um, in this industry and and you know people can learn from that. So why not? Yeah. Right. Um, well, thank you. <laughs> but I appreciate it and and thank you for for coming on and I know it the uh, the weather hasn't been that great over there for you but you know I'm so glad that it it was that we were able to do this. Um, yeah. But, Thank you. Oh my gosh. Well. Thank you. It's it's been it's been my pleasure, Tess. I really appreciate the invitation to have this conversation. Well, thank you so much. And with that, I will leave you and um, have a great day. And I'll talk to you soon. Okay. okay take it thank easy. You. Bye. That's our show for today. I've posted more information about Joanna Hogan on RevWoman.com. Thank you for listening, and I hope you'll tune in every Thursday for another episode of Revolutionary Woman. You can listen to Revolutionary Women on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast. Just a little note, I've launched a Patreon account to support the show. All proceeds will go to producing and editing the episodes to give my poor husband a break for being my personal IT and production department. He wrote this. The address is patreon.com slash revwoman.